This is the Sideline Dissident Podcast, coming to you from YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, Spreaker, SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter, as always, at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. Sleep deprived, coming to you from somewhere along the mountains of Western Virginia. Not West Virginia, Western Virginia. Fun fact. There's a secret underground U.S. government, potentially military base, somewhere along the hills out here. I think it's closer to D.C., but uh, that's a fun fact. Yeah, I'm very sleep-deprived. Have no notes. Uh, Another podcast from the road. Talk a little bit about college football. I'm not a big college football guy, but uh, this, this news about... Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette skipping out on their bowl games is a big story right now in the sports media world, something I feel like I should address. Uh, I've been a big proponent, I've, I've been someone that said college athletes should be paid. Uh, I, I don't know why, there's, there's almost this purity we treat college students, oh, they're, they're not pure uh, if they get paid while they're in college, it always just seems bizarre to me. But I understand it's expensive to pay student-athletes, and I don't know if you're going to pay your volleyball team. It's a, it's a big issue on who you pay, who you don't. Uh, but at the very least, I'm a believer that student-athletes should be able to make money at any point in their career. I don't care if they're at high school, if they can. If you can make a hundred bucks by signing a piece of paper and giving it to someone else or signing a jersey, then you that's the free market. You should be able to make that money and not be penalized for it. It doesn't make any sense. It seems unconstitutional to me that somebody could be exploited and God forbid they try to make a few bucks, especially during college when people don't really have a ton of money. And I think... That's a big reason why Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, two star running backs, one from Stanford, one from LSU, they're skipping out on their bowl games. Now, would they be skipping out if uh, LSU or Stanford were in the college football playoff? Of course not. But we have 40-plus bowl games nowadays, and does anybody watch any of them? I don't think so. The other day, there was a bowl game on between... I, I was flipping through the channels. There was a bowl game on between two 6-6 six and six Division One football teams. Who is going to watch that? And the stadium was empty. It's, it doesn't make any sense. But I think there are ways to fix this problem. I, and I don't say you have to pay your student-athletes, but you have to give student-athletes an incentive to stay in college. You know, not every college athlete is good enough to go to the pros. A very small percentage of them actually are. But if you play for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and you're the starting center, you may not have a shot at the NFL, but you still could be very popular. You could still sign autographs and probably make some money that way yourself. I don't see the, the issue in allowing student-athletes to promote their own personal brand. I mean, they can go on Twitter, they can get followers... There's no reason why they can't profit off of it. It's I don't even think anybody is losing out on any money from these student-athletes not making their own money off their own personal brand. Uh, but college football specifically, this system is fixable. 
It definitely is fixable, and I think it's moving in the right direction. There was an interview either this morning or last night with Nick Saban. He he said that once you start this college football playoff, these bowl games are becoming meaningless. Now, I've argued they've always been meaningless, with the exception of the national championship. The Rose Bowl is always exciting. It's often a great game, but unless it's part of the college football playoff, that's meaningless, too. It, it doesn't matter who wins the Rose Bowl. You get, what do you get, a bucket of ro- roses if you win or something? I don't know. You get a trophy. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of student-athletes can put their skills on display, I guess, and help them get drafted. But for the most part, it doesn't really help anything. But that's why I think we need a 16-team college playoff. Not 18s, 16 teams. And the reason why is because it's clear that the bowl games aren't going away. And you can't just get rid of them. But you can't have 40 of them. You really can't. That's just way too many bowl games. Uh, I don't even... Every every year the sponsors change and they all sound ridiculous. The mainstay Independence Bowl, ridiculous. Nobody's watching that. But you have a 16-team playoff... You can fill, that'd be eight games in the first round. You can put eight bowl games, make teams travel all around the country. If you are a number one seed, make it like March Madness, give the one seed an advantage and have them play in a bowl game where they don't have to travel very far. Uh, I'm not arguing that college football should expand to, what, 64 teams or 68 team playoff like college basketball. Um, But the debate's not going to go away. Everyone says, okay, you turn it into an 18 playoff or a 16 team playoff. You're, it's the debate about who's the number four or five team. That's going to be gone. Well, we're still arguing in college basketball every year who the number 68 and number 69th ranked team in the nation is every year. Is the number 68th team in the nation going to win the national championship in college basketball? No, not a chance. But the number 16th ranked team in college football might. And it would completely change the game. Because think about LSU. They fired Les Miles uh, because he lost a couple games early in the year. He lost to Wisconsin the first game of the season, and he lost a fluke to Auburn. Uh, But the rest of the season, under Ed Orgeron, LSU played pretty well. Uh, they, They played Alabama better than any team did all season. And if it were a 16-team playoff, I think LSU would be in there. Same thing with USC. USC stumbled out of the gate. I believe they started 1-3. and three. And by the end of the season, they are the hottest, perhaps even the best team in college football. But they don't have a shot. They don't get to play in the college football playoff. And even... I know we used to have two teams... Uh, in the postseason, it was just one championship game, and now we have a small playoff with four teams, but it's still punishing teams that improve, punishing players that improve, and because of it, you have Leonard Fournette, great running back from LSU, carried that team his whole college career. He's skipping out in his bowl game and focusing on the pros. Now, if he were playing in the playoff game, we know that wouldn't happen. And I think those are the two ways to fix this. I don't say you have to pay 
college student-athletes. You don't have to do that. That's going to be very difficult. I think they should be paid, but I understand why that would be a difficult transition, especially for some of the smaller Division I colleges. But at least allow them to make money off autographs if they can do it. Stop letting them be exploited and taken advantage of. You know, if coaches are skipping bowl games, then... And, and we don't get upset about coaches skipping bowl games and moving on to other jobs. Tom Herman moving on to Texas. That happened right away. He signed with Texas as soon as the regular season was over with Houston. Nobody is blaming Tom Herman. But, God forbid, Houston's star running back decides to skip his bowl game to focus on the pros. And then we everyone would be all outraged over it. It just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I think... There isn't really anyone that oversees the NCAA, particularly college football. You know, players aren't represented. There's no union like there are in professional sports. So it's going to be very hard for something like this to happen. Uh, I mean, it may even have to involve the federal government. I mean, we we don't know how how long players are going to be able to be exploited and not be able to make a penny off their own personal brand without getting kicked out of the league indefinitely. Uh, And uh, it just doesn't make any sense. So I think that's how you fix it. 16-team playoff allows students to promote their personal brands. You don't... They don't have to be paid, but if they can make money by signing autographs, let them do it. said uh, I apologize I'm incredibly sleep deprived I'm forgetting my name for some reason during that segment I completely forgot who Christian McCaffrey played for even though I mentioned Stanford like four or five times I don't know why very tired spending I'm on a road trip on the road uh, but I'm going to talk about some of the the two teams that If I were looking to be an NFL head coach, if I were one of the top NFL head coaching candidates right now, there are two teams I would jump on right away, uh, and that's because of their personnel and their defenses. Those two teams are the Los Angeles Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if you listen to the radio, as I often do, you'll hear sports talk radio hosts say both teams are a lost cause. You can't turn around the LA Rams or the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the thing people forget is the NFL isn't like the NBA. Going into the NBA season, you can predict, you can accurately predict, especially this year and last year, who the three of the top four teams in the league. You can predict three of the teams that are going to make it to the conference finals and probably be correct. This year, it's I think it's pretty obvious. You're going to have the Cavs, you're going to have the uh, Warriors, and probably the Spurs. Uh, that, uh, that fourth team probably out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, it could be the Celtics, it could be the Raptors, who knows. But I think those three teams I predicted are pretty safe and in all likelihood will make the conference finals. The NFL, you don't really know. And here we are, two weeks left in the NFL regular season, and two-thirds of the league is still in it. They're still in the playoff picture. And that's because it 
the difference between six and ten and ten and six in the NFL isn't that much. And all it takes sometimes is a slight improvement to one unit of the team. And if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and you look at the Los Angeles Rams, both teams have top 10 NFL defenses right now. And what succeeds in today's NFL? Having a great offense. Now, obviously, if you want to be a Super Bowl contending team, you have to be great uh, in all three aspects, offense, defense, special teams. The Rams have a great defense, which you have to give Jeff Fisher some credit for building that up, and probably the best special teams unit in the NFL. Uh, maybe Baltimore. I think they have a good special teams. I don't know. but uh, And then, then you take the Jacksonville Jaguars, at least personnel-wise, they have a top-10 defense in the NFL. So if you're one of these offensive-minded head coaches, those are two very intriguing teams. And I think the one candidate you have to look at right now is Kyle Shanahan. Uh, This is what I would do if I were the L.A. Rams. If I owned the L.A. Rams, if I were Stan Kroenke, he's the owner of the Rams, this is what I would do. I would fire Les Snead, the general manager. They've already fired Jeff Fisher, the head coach. I would hire the Shanahan father-son duo, Mike Shanahan. He doesn't sound like he wants to coach in the NFL anymore. I would hire him as the general manager of the Rams. And his son, Kyle Shanahan, who's had great success in the NFL as an offensive coordinator. Both the Shanahans are the reason the Washington Redskins have one of the best offensive units in the NFL right now. Those players were developed three, four years ago under the Shanahans. People tend to forget that. Uh, During a time when everyone thought Robert Griffin III was the future quarterback of that franchise, both the Shanahans are saying, no, uh, we like this Kirk Cousins guy. And now, who's arguably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL? Probably Kirk Cousins. And he's going to get a great contract at the end of the season, whether it's with Washington or with another team. So you have, I would, Stan Kroenke, I would hire the Shanahans. Because they're both offensive-minded coaches. Uh, Mike Shanahan has plenty of experience. He can handle the management structure of an NFL organization. I get the idea that Stan Kroenke is a reasonable owner. I don't think he's the kind of owner that will meddle with coaching or the players too much. Uh, like you see in far too many NFL organizations, uh, I would give control to those two coaches. Shanahan, I think, would be Kyle Shanahan, the younger guy, would make a great NFL head coach. He would improve that offense on day one, and he'd already have a great defense to work with. Then what do you do about the quarterback position? I think it's clear Jared Goff isn't ready to be an NFL starter. I'm not saying he can't be ready. Perhaps... One NFL offseason is all it will take. But here's a guy that never had to call an audible behind center his entire collegiate career, and I don't think he's called an audible yet in the NFL. Can't read defense as well. He has a long way to go before he is mature enough as a quarterback to be an NFL starter. So, who is on the market? I think what you want is a rental quarterback. Now, if the Dallas Cowboys decide to cut Tony Romo and not trade him, 
Uh, I think that would be a stupid decision, but Jerry Jones has such a good personal relationship uh, with Tony Romo, they might say, Romo will do you a favor, we'll cut you, and you can sign with any NFL team you want. If that happens, I think the LA Rams have an excellent shot at getting Tony Romo, and that is exactly what I would do. I would sign Tony Romo for two years. It took Aaron Aaron Rodgers a few years to develop under Brett Favre, and then when he came in, he uh, stumbled a little bit out of the gate, but for the most part, he was a great quarterback on day one. I think you give Jared Goff two years behind Tony Romo, cross your fingers, hope Romo stays healthy, sign some free agents, use whatever draft picks the Rams have left uh, that they didn't spend on Jared Goff last year, use those draft picks uh, and the free free agency to build up that offensive line, give Romo the protection he needs, and let Romo serve as a mentor to Jared Goff. Um... If you have to trade for Tony Romo, it's going to be very difficult for the LA Rams to get him, because as I just mentioned, they pretty much traded their future draft picks away from the next three seasons for Jared Goff uh, this past offseason, which is something I think the uh, New England Patriots are going to benefit from with Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I don't think they're going to give up on Tom Brady just yet. I mean, health-wise, he looks in great shape, and I know he'll be 40-plus next season, uh, but you can boost that defense uh, and keep giving Brady the protection he needs for the next five years. I'd say you do the same thing uh, with the Rams, but they don't they don't have many assets to trade for a quarterback like Tony Romo. Uh, but that's what I would do if Romo is cut and he is a free agent, you sign him. Uh, the Jaguars, I think they do have draft picks. Uh, it, they could potentially get Shanahan. I don't get the idea John Gruden is going to be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, but maybe Josh McDaniels. He's the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. They could do a very similar philo- have a very similar philosophy there. Great defense. Uh, offensive line is a little bit better than the L.A. Rams have. Still not great. Uh, but Blake Bortles, uh, I don't get the idea. He's the future quarterback uh, like Jared Goff may be for the Rams. You might have to give up on him. Uh, but the the Jaguars do have the assets to trade for someone like Tony Romo if uh, the Cowboys do put him on the training block this offseason. But, like I said, the Rams just do not seem to have the trade assets to be able to acquire anyone because they traded their future away, and they used up a lot of their cap space on Tavon Austin. And any team that prioritizes the wide receiver position on the salary cap is immediately putting themselves at a disadvantage because having a great great wide receiver can make a big difference, don't get me wrong, but one wide receiver is just one of many options out there on the field, and you can't use that much money on Tavon Austin. So I would look to trade Tavon Austin while his stock is still high. If I were the Rams, and then maybe... uh, Use whatever you get back in draft picks or or young players and try to acquire Tony Romo if he isn't a free agent. Uh, But a lot of options, but I think both the Rams and the Jaguars are two teams that can be turned around uh, very quickly. Uh, So that's it for today's podcast. I'll be I'll be off next week. I'm home for the holidays, but I I did film some uh, content to put on YouTube next week. During the holidays, I'll be back the week after doing podcasts from the road. But until then, I bid you adieu.